will come out, will come to play. Just for recreation's sake, to pass the time away. Lots of fun, heaps of fun, enjoy yourself today. North Melbourne boys are hard to beat when they come out to play. So join in the chorus, sing it one and all. Join in the chorus, North Melbourne's on the ball. Good old North Melbourne, the champions you'll agree. Hello and welcome to the Two Dads edition of the Stern Look on Kangaroos Forever. For today's show, we have the ever-optimistic Quiv. Welcome. Good evening, guys. <laughs> Good evening, mate. Next up, we have the president of the Sack Scots Fan Club and reporting from Altona Video Easy, we have Fiddy Roo. <laughs> I like how you've done those intros. They're great. Hi, Ron. Hey, mate. Also, we have this random bloke called Jane 80 but just feel free to ignore him. <laughs> welcome, Jane 80 Hello, guys. Thanks for the warm welcome. Oh, any time. <laughs> oh, dear. Sorry about that. Anyway, it is the same structure as usual, ladies and gentlemen, and Zondal, except for the introduction of a new segment called Rabble Rampage, which will be covered by Gene 80 in a second, but there will also be changes to Thumbs Up, Thumbs Down, which will be Thumbs Up and What Grinds Your Goat. So moving on to Rabble Rampage, Gene 80. Thanks, Kangaroos Forever. Welcome to the inaugural Rabble Rampage, where we take to task one of the more ridiculous media efforts over the week. These people make a living by assessing the performance of others, so let's assess them. Over the week, there's been many worthy candidates of a nomination, and one person in particular, whilst not this week's winner, will do quite well to listen, and it's Mark Stevens. Clearly, he has an interest in football, and as such, he would have a favourite club. But his continual cheerleading of the Bulldogs whilst performing his employed position, which what should be a neutral, objective role, is starting to grate on me. Mark, if you're listening, smarten up. Anyway, I digress. This week winner is Lee Matthews. His comments and subsequent flip-flopping yes. on the Zebel bomb was nothing short of cringeworthy. On Saturday, he was touting a suspension purely on the basis that Travis Cloak got injured. Yet on Sunday, his particular Position changes. Is it okay to change an opinion? Absolutely. Of course it is. But bringing attention in the manner that he did and making assessments prior to the MRP assessment raises the possibility of influencing the panel's findings, particularly when this does drum up public support. And thinking about this, with Matthew's history as a player and his philosophies as a coach, it's laughable that his comments on what is fair and right, we're given any weight whatsoever. So congratulations, Lee, on winning the inaugural Rabble Rampage Award. Gentlemen, anything to add? The greats. Well done. It's brilliant. It did, it did briefly there at one stage, and I, I apologise for, for saying this, but it briefly there at one stage sounded a little bit like Caro's arrow on... Oh, oh, just, just for a second, I just, insulting. I just, I just pictured it, but a bit, you, 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 you got better and it was really good. That was a good segment. I really, she, she's paid for her things and I am doing this out of love to North Carolina football club. <laughs> Please don't take it the wrong way. It wasn't bad. It was just, just, I just, I just felt like, you know how she does, it's sort of like a bit of a, a monologue and a bit of a, Look down that I, I pictured you looking down the camera like she does when she does it. <laughs> I, I, I pictured myself looking down the camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I think you did a really good job, and I enjoyed the content. So well done. I imagine the Sam Newman hand pointing at the camera yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. When I was saying anything to add, I was I was interested to hear your views. 
on the bench instead of destroying. Lee Matthews was a uh, through the week, and like you say, for I mean, he was a great player. Obviously, I can't remember as a player, but everyone tells me the best or the second best ever. But what he did to Neville Bruns, I've seen the footage of that, and he was a thug. And for, for him to uh, try to get Jack Lynch for that disgrace, and then the way he flip flopped, and yeah, I, I, I totally agree. He uh, is a dickhead. Fair enough. Quiz, got anything to add? No, I think G and Eddie said it all. Um... My, that's pretty much my opinion on everyone in the media. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I've got one thing I there. would say, though, is when you say that the, the media, they've obviously got teams that they barrack for and stuff, and, and I agree, they obviously they do, and they, they should be impartial. Do you know what? I, I almost think that they shouldn't be. Like, let, let them barrack a little bit, because then we, we know who to hate and how to hate them, and we know that their articles are going to be like that. Well, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with it as long as they're upfront about it. I, I, I think articles from a from a media personality who does have a team and, and his views represent that and writes the occasional article on it and it can be aimed towards his clubs or aimed against the, the detractors of his club. I'm, I think that, that's okay and I think it's kind of fun. Like I, I enjoy listening to Kobe on occasion when he's up on, up and about on his Richmond things. I think it, it's pretty funny. But that's a little bit different, I think, because he's just sort of talking in general senses, oh yeah, we, Richmond are going to win the next 10 flags, blah, blah, yeah. blah, and it's kind of his shtick. But... Yeah. I suppose where I'm coming from, particularly with the Mark Stevens thing, he was actively campaigning to get another player from another yeah. club rubbed out. Oh, and, I I think, and I think that's, that's a line where you, where you cross. Like, I think that's not really cool. I don't think you see that in many other sports. I mean, you might see it occasionally, but, or in sort of variety type shows like The Bounce or something. I think for something like that, yeah, it's absolutely fine. Yeah. And make no uh, mistake, he's the same jerk that got LT. LT's thing last year in the, in the gun as well for touching yeah. little Lockie Hunter. So yeah, I, I think it's, yeah, you're right. He, he shouldn't, he shouldn't be writing on those matters anyway. He should be reporting them. I mean, talking about Jack's bump. I mean, what? It was, it was a bloody there. good bump too. It was a really good bump. Why you play footy or when I picked up a footy, that's what you wanted to do. Like that's, like that's just, it's the nature of the game. Yeah, it's the contact sport for Christ's sake. If people don't think that contact's going to happen, I got into a big Twitter argument on, uh, on well, Monday. surprise, surprise. I know. I, I just couldn't help it. This, this, I can't remember what the name was, but he, he got, he started getting a little bit personal, a little bit upset. So I opened up and I was coming back from Port Ferry and being away for the weekend. And I thought, well, it's a good way to spend the next four hours just trying to get this guy to break. And I think I broke him. I think I won. It was fun. Yeah. I got into, I mean, I got into a Twitter argument and like, I don't do Twitter arguments generally, but mm. like, it's just the, oh my God, it was just like the bile that was coming out of some of the, some of the people's mouths, well, phones or whatever they're using to text, yeah. um, was just really horrid. Like, oh, it's a dog. I mean, people, people were calling him a dog and it was a violent act and it was abhorrent and all this stuff. I'm like, like it, he hit him point, was it point two or point three of a second after the ball? Point went, three. Point three yeah. of a second. What what can we all do in point three of a second? Is there anything we can actually do in point three? And no. and, and my, my other question was, well, what if Clark didn't kick the ball? What if he went to kick it and then feigned it and stopped and played on? Like, yeah. What do you want Jack to do? Stop there and let him kick it? And 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 they said, oh, Clark wasn't able to protect himself. Well, do you know how he could have protected himself, everyone? Don't fucking play on, mate. You took a mark. Go back and take the kick. <laughs> if if you play on and you're yeah. you, you know that someone's coming at you and you play on and you're going to take the kick anyway and take him on. Well, you get prepared to get hit because it's coming. So I, I had no sympathy for him or anyone that thought that. Yeah, Jack I mean, look, I mean, I don't particularly. I don't think that it's a great thing that he got injured, but it wasn't 
at the same time, it wasn't, you know, a tragedy. It's part of football, you know. Like, you got, you got to expect sometimes that you're going to get hit. Like, okay. it was just baffling that there was such an outcry over it. It's, it's what they are, the dogs. They, they're so brave. They like yeah, to win. So <laughs> anyway. It was Hodge that did it. Well, so that's the thing, like that um, bump on Wingard where he bumped him into the point post, that was far more worthy of scorn than what Jack did. But, oh. I mean, whilst it was spoken about, it wasn't met with such, you know, such it's outrage. Heavy. Yeah. yeah. He got a, Hodge got a week for that, though. One week, yeah. 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 Then someone did it to him his, his last weekend. <laughs> Two people. Oh, it was yeah. dumped in the tackle and then... Uh, yeah. Parsons. Graham Parsons. Bang! What a shot. I mean, I hope he's all right. <laughs> I, I giggled. I will admit, when I saw it, Everyone I giggled, giggled a bit. Brilliant. <laughs> right. Well, we'll move straight on, because we're diverting a bit from where we're yeah, supposed we to be. So, major <laughs> issues. There'll be one this week, and that will be basically the racism and fights at the Adelaide versus Port Adelaide puffer fish a few weeks ago. Now, for those living under a rock or in a dungeon or at a Tibetan monastery, a Port Adelaide fan made racial taunts towards Indigenous players from the Crows, in particular Eddie Betts. I won't say what they said to him. In addition, there was an Adelaide fan that racially abused Paddy Ryder. Gene 80, what is your take on the situation, and what can be done to further remove racism from the AFL and Australian sport in general? Well, obviously, it's just an absolute scourge of society. Um... I can't believe that people still do this thing at the football. Like, I mean, what I can't get past, I mean, okay, so you're a Port Adelaide fan, you're yelling this at Eddie Betts, yet you're a supporter of a club that has Aboriginal players, and you can't, you can say that, oh, it's okay to vilify him because he's on the opposition. Um, It's just, it's moronic. It really is. I mean, I can't. I can't put into words the disgust I felt when I heard that. But going forward, I think, to be honest, the response seems to have been quite good. I mean, like the AFL obviously denounced it. And I think, but ultimately, I think it's on members of the crowd to pull it up and say, hey, that's not cool anymore. No, no. Um, Because I think, you know, everybody says things in the heat of the moment that they regret, but that's just way over and above anything else that you could utter. Like, it's the worst thing you could utter out in the crowd. And being in a part, like, I know I understand that people might be reluctant to get into that confrontation, but I think overall, we as people, you've just got to sometimes say, that's not on. You can't do that. Yeah, and if you do pull them up, you're not going to be alone. There's going to be 200 other people around you that are going to agree with you that it's not on. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, personally, I don't see what the AFL can do. They can't sit there with a microphone connected to everybody in a camera. Mm. Um, you're, you're right. It's got to be to the, the people um, sitting around, these people that are doing this stupid, stupid stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There was also a few fights. That there's footage of a few fights breaking out, but that's more of a general sport thing than anything else than societal. (laughs) There was a few king hits and stuff like that. There wasn't anything too serious. Uh, I'd like to know where the outrage is, though. Um, As a freshly new soccer fan, if this was the A-League, 
it would be everywhere. We'd be still talking about it, or the media would still be talking about it. But I feel this whole thing was blown over in a couple of days. We, we moved on. To be fair, um, though, that point was made in the media by a lot of AFL people. I I can remember on SEN, I, but I can't for the life of me remember who said it, but I remember... That I think it would have been Ox. Ox might have said it. Oh, no, Francis Leach definitely echoed it. Um, where they were just saying, yeah, no, nah, this, this, if this was, um, A-League, the media would have had a fair day, uh, field day. Um, I can't, like I said, I can't recall who else said it, but I thought there were a few people that came out that said it, which was a, you know, a start to bridging that, which I, I get because, um, many moons ago, I was actually part of an active support for Perth Glory and had a lot of the similar sort of issues. Um, but yeah, it was, I mean, at some, at some point in a public place where alcohol's being served, you're going to get these issues. Oh, of course. And it's not right. people. There's going to be some dickheads. You can't prevent yeah, that at all. Right. But, um, I don't think it's necessarily, um, I suppose the responsibility of the sport. I mean, it's the responsibility of the people involved to know how to act in public. And if they can't do that, then there has to be laws put in place to to address that. Uh, I, yeah, that's all. Well, I, I think what you said earlier was telling, though. I mean, it's I, I think there's only so many rules and laws and so many things that the game and that the authorities can do to to stop this from happening. The way that it's really going to stop is when, when people do it. That like like you guys said, if 200 people stand up and point the finger at you and tell you to get out, like it, that that has more impact to to to, to make the people that that do these things really feel like they're lower than pieces. That's the way that it has to be because it, the behaviour is just not on. And it, the, the, pro, the problem is this stuff permeates to kids as well. Like, mm. it, I mean, the Adam Goods thing has been spoken about hundreds of times. But mm. that little girl that called him what she did that night. Now, she she was probably an innocent young girl who, who doesn't know any better. But she's heard that stuff. Like, And we just... The education of it and, and the consequences for doing the wrong thing can't always be authority figures. So it's got to be society and it's got to be a, a cumulative effort. I mean, I'm telling you right now, if I heard someone at the footy say what they said, I would 100% arc up. And it wouldn't matter if it was a North Melbourne person saying it about a, an opposition player. It's, I'm, it, it makes me angry now. I mean, especially, I, I feel, I feel like <laughs> Lindsay Thomas cops it and I think I think Adam Goods cops it. I know that there's probably put out. But it's it's and the thing that shits me is when people say things like um like Hawthorne supporters will say, but no one boos Cyril, so that means it can't be racist. But it's that's not how racism works. Like that's that's no. like saying that, that Port Adelaide supporters aren't racist because they're not booing their Aboriginals, they're only booing the Adelaide Adelaide ones. They're only they're only throwing bananas at Eddie Betts, but they're not racist because they don't throw bananas at that they're mm. Aboriginal players. That, that's not how racism works. No. So I, I think it's really ultra important for, and, and, and I'm sounding like I'm on a soapbox, but it, it's really ultra important that, that when this stuff like this happens, that, that we all stand up and say that. And and it's important for our kids to see us do that as well, because that's, that's the most. Yep. Absolutely. Um, on that good note, we'll move straight on to thumbs up and what grinds your goat. My first thumbs up is... The excellent crowd numbers for the Good Friday match and the amount of money raised, I believe, was somewhere north of $17 million, which is fantastic. And my second thumbs up is basically the excellent form shown by Marley Williams and Lockie Hanson over the last two weeks. They've been absolutely superb. Now, what's been grinding my goat? 
is the reluctance of the match committee to drop underperforming players and not rewarding those in form in the VFL. Gene 80, what's your thumbs up and what kind did your go? Um, thumbs up was, yeah, the Good Friday game. I thought that was a, a, everything was planned brilliantly. I mean, coming, starting from the lead up during the week and ending with Brad Scott, um, bringing that young boy into the uh, press conference, that was a really nice touch. I just think we just, we played it perfectly, to be honest. Um, my second one would be the form of a lot of the VFL players. I think that uh, a lot of them, like, say, Ryan Clark, Ed, um, had really, really strong games, um, and it's a, it's a good sign to have people absolutely playing best-on-ground style footy in the VFL and I think it'd be really good. Um, fun, uh, what grinds my gears, uh, I touched on it with the media thing. Um, but also I will put, um, put it out there that say with the reluctance of Brad Scott to make a lot of changes considering that we are 0 and 4. Um, I had a look at the points conceded during the week and noted that we were we had conceded the second highest amount of points against at 115, uh, sorry, 111 and a half points a game. When things aren't working like that yet, the changes are minimal. It can get frustrating. And I think that's where a lot of the people, particularly on the board, are coming from when they're talking about the Brad Scott situation, whether we should keep him, sack him, whatever the case may be, whatever their thoughts are. Um, it is frustrating. It is frustrating that we do get 30 points plus ahead and then um, concede and lose the game. Um, Brad Scott has said on many occasions that we need to fix these issues, but hasn't yet done that. Um, um, Just that is a big question mark for me if we were talking about keeping him or not. Yeah, fair enough. Really rare. Okay, I'm going to try to keep it a little bit big footy centric this week. Let's still talk about the footy last week. So uh, a thumbs up is I got to, a co-thumbs up for two big footy posters I went to the footy with on Friday. So Quiv for being uh, in really good form. He might have had six, seven, maybe eight too many beers, but he was uh, in ripping form. But the other thumbs up has to go to uh, to Mark Sarp. He, Quiv, I think you'll agree, he would have to be close to the most passionate North Island sport he'd see. When that uh, when one of the decisions was played towards the end of the game, I think it was the deliberate. He, he actually ran down the aisle and looked like he was going to throw something at one of the umpires over the fence. The entire crowd around us, although being really really angry at what had just happened, we all just started laughing at him because it was so so funny. Was so, it KFC boy like? Was it? Mate, it was phenomenal. It was, good. it was. He was up. He's quite a big dude. He's really tall, and uh, it looks a little bit scary to begin with, and then the hilarity of it all, uh, and, and it made me enjoy the day a little bit better. So that's a thumbs up. Why didn't you film it? <laughs> I sh- if, I, if I had have known that that was going to happen, then I definitely would have. But um, Mason Wood was sitting across from us, and and I often talk about how um, the players react when we act like crazy people. But Mason Wood looked at him, and his mouth just dropped open, and he just sort of shook his head like, what is that? So hopefully it gives Mason a bit of an idea about how passionate some of us North Melbourne fans can be, and he plays a big game on the weekend, which will, which will lead me to one more quick thumbs up. Mason and his mum were sitting across from us on... Uh, on Friday, and my son had a, had a chat to him, and Mason was really good. He's a he's a seems like a really good kid, and he's down to earth, and so good on him for doing that. My what's grinding my goat 
I'll, I'll say <laughs> it would be the, the massive overreaction on multiple topics on Big Footy about sacking the coach and sacking players and why hasn't this player been dropped and that player been dropped. I think I, I wrote that I didn't think there should be any changes this week because I think we played a really good game against a good side and we were pretty stiff to lose. And if Lindsay had to kick that goal at the end, we would have been celebrating what a great team when it was. Um, I thought Swallow played really well. I thought Thompson played really well. I thought Hanson played really well. And they're the three that people have been pretty keen to get out of the side. Um, so, and I, I think what, what I'd say got me through my grinding goat situation was there was a ripping post by Hearts to Hearts that uh, that just told everyone just to cool down a little bit and show some support for the club. So I love that. That's all. No worries. Thanks, sir. And Quiv is now back. Thanks, Quiv. Yeah, sorry. Just quick ones then for me. Um, just quick thumbs up. K3's already mentioned it. But, uh, Good Friday. I think those are... I believe great success. We've been trying to get this marquee game for years. We finally got it. Everybody rocked up. It was a good game, great crowd, and I think it's secured us for at least next year to get it. Whether or not it goes to a Bulldogs home game for the next year, I'm not sure, but I think it will be the same two teams again, which will be great. And um, just a, a big thumbs down, and I hate to go on about the umpires, but across the board, I think they're in particularly uh, the two rules for the deliberates are uh, just becoming a blight in the game. They're obviously instructed to do these things, but some of the decisions these umpires are making that they think is deliberate just shows they've got absolutely zero feel for the game. Um, and this is reasonably poor timing considering what happened to us last week. I wanted to mention it the week before, but obviously no podcast. But it's just mind-blowing some of these decisions that happen and how they can justify them. The umpires' bosses come out and say, yeah, they're the correct decision that just mind-boggling to me and hopefully it gets sorted out pretty quick rather than letting it go out through the whole year and then fix it again next year and cause some other stuff. Mm. Just briefly there, Quim, I thought when you said, I keep going on about this, I thought you were going to go back to the magnets again. So I'm, I'm glad you went with the umpire one. <laughs> fridge magnets. <laughs> Every time I look at that fridge magnet, I think of you. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's that sounded so much weirder than it should have. Yeah. <laughs> on that happy note, <laughs> we'll move on to the club discussion, which is proudly led by Philly. Okay. Now, look, we've spoken about it a bit already at length, but it, the Good Friday thing, I think, needs to be uh, maybe broadened a little bit more. Like like Quiv said and everyone else has said, we, we fought really hard to, to get that game, and it was, such a, it was such a great success. I mean, there's a lot of people that I know that, that don't like North Melbourne and would refuse to watch them under normal circumstances, who watched that game on Friday and everyone was really complimentary of the way that it was handled, the way that it was structured, the way that the club presented themselves. That Brad Scott video with the kid at the press conference was so well done. And and again, we'll talk about Brad Scott later, but man, he presents the club well. It was just, I just, I felt so happy going to the footy on Friday. I I put on um, big footy that, was quite a big effort to get there for us. My kids were in Warrnambool for the weekend, for the week because of school holidays. I drove down there late on Thursday night after a 15-hour shift at work and then got up at Sparrows the next morning, got the bus back to Melbourne to go to the footy, and then as soon as the footy ended, we drove back to Warrnambool. And you know what? It was it was worth the 11 hours of travelling. It was just it was such a fun, fun day at the footy. Everyone was up and about. The crowd were there. It was, it was perfect. And... The club needs to be congratulated. I mean, we, you think where we were 15 years ago, it was pretty dire. And 
I just think we're in great hands. I think the media department do a great job. The, the board are pretty silent now. I think JB not being president, it's not a bad thing because we, we're just going along quietly and, and we're building nicely. And, and like Chris said, hopefully next year if it's the Bulldogs home game, then we get there and support it as well. And we'll try to lock this thing in for the next however long because we, we deserve the, a marquee game after bringing Good Friday, sorry, bringing Friday night football to, to the masses and, and the reward should be that we keep this game forevermore. Absolutely. Yep. Great work, Philly. Moving on to the VFL now, just a quick sum up because we all know stats in that match. So wherever we played the first match against Geelong, early inaccuracy, bad let down Werribee because of really bad conditions and skill execution. However, there were a number of standout performers. Clark, 27 disposals, 4 goals. Mason Wood had a solid return, I would say, though Philly might disagree, with 1 goal, 3 behinds. Mountford, 24 disposals, 10 tackles. It should be close to selection. Wagner, Tudads, Anderson and Nielsen, which is good to see, all have very good matches. So basically, how did you read into the form of the VFL boys, Philly? I thought it was, I mean, Clark obviously had a cracking game, as did two dads I thought I mean I've wanted Dickers Willis in and we spoke about it pre-show that there's a thought out there that Dickers Willis probably dominated a bit in the VFL last year I didn't think he dominated I thought he played some good games and did good things but I think it's important that we get guys like him into the side so I'm really happy he's in I I, like I said earlier I think I I would have been happier probably for Mason to have one more game in the twos and really come in in top form Um, from the footage I saw he looked a little bit off um, but in saying that he's He's a really good footballer and he moves really well and he's a great athlete and he could come out and make me look like a dickhead and kick five goals and win the game for us. So I think I think it's it's a good thing that he's back in the side. Um, I I think Mountford will play against K four. I think it, it's just got to be a good matchup for him. Okay. Bring him in. Um, and it sounds like Wagner and Jed and and guys like that are playing good footy. So yeah, well I think we're in a good spot. But it was was Zerka played another another good game again, didn't he? Is that what I I heard? Didn't get a heap of the ball, but he did a couple of nice things as well. And the other big fella, Lark, he played well as well, huh? He's been very impressive. He has. He uh, he sat behind us at the footy on Friday, and he brought two friends with him who were, they looked like they were young 16-year-old girls with Western Bulldogs scarves and things, so he needs to choose the people he hangs out with a little bit better, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should have told him more about it. <laughs> I considered it, but I didn't have as many beers as Quiv, so I didn't. If you told me, I would have told him. <laughs> <laughs> you probably would have too. <laughs> no worries. If that's all from Philly, yep. yep. We'll move straight on to the questions. So there's quite a few this week. So I'll ask Philly straight up. Muttley asks whether we are getting enough return in terms of tackles and goals from our small forwards, especially compared to, say, your Adelaides and your Richmonds that specialise in their small forwards. As a collective group, no, we're not. I, I think Kane Turner providing enough tackles, enough goals, and highlights for me. I think he's had a ripping start to the year. Everyone knows my favourite, Izzy Thomas. God, he's been disappointing. I just I just wish that a couple of those goals had a sailed through. I think when he kicked, what, he kicked zero goals three, and I think one of them was obviously the last shot to win the game. The other one was a snap that I didn't even think was a shot by him, but the post, and I don't know. I, I, we're, not, we're not getting enough out of Lindsay straight up. Simkin was good on the weekend, and, and so was so was Kane. Um, so no, collectively we're not getting near enough, especially as much as the two clubs you who small forwards are killing it. Like I, that Butler for Richmond and Rioli, uh, what's the other guy's name? Castagna or whatever. He's, he's yeah, he's a good footballer. Like they've got they've got three rippers at the moment. But I think what happens with with small forwards is that 
they they come in out of the game a little bit, and I, I don't think I don't think that those three Richmond boys will be will have will play well every week, and I think they'll come back to the back a little bit, and hopefully in the same way Lindsay can pick it up, or if he if he doesn't pick it up this week, I, I can't believe I'm saying it, but I, I, I think he could go out for Wagner. I think maybe if we went with the three kids and play him as a half forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think we could play with Wagner and Turner at some point. And I love, mate. I, I love Lindsay. He's my my favourite shinboner of all time. But he's not going to start kicking some goals. And, and yeah, at least Scott's shown the past. He will drop him. If he's not performing. Yeah, yeah, he will for sure. And he's just such a, a great dude, though. Like he when he ran out on the weekend and he ran out and he picked up one of his kids, but the other one wouldn't go with him because she had or something with the wife. And, and then he, he took the child back to his wife and he ran off and, and the kids and his wife were walking off and he turned back and I could hear him. He was yelling out to them and he just started blowing kisses to them when they turned around. It was just so cute and so he just, mate, he's such a ripping guy. He's just a really, really good dude. And I, I get sad when I read North Melbourne people slating him. And, and if it's just about the way he's playing, then I guess I, I can do it. But when it's the other shit, when people call him selfish, when people question you know, how, stuff about him, really, it does grind my goat, for lack of a better word. So I, I love Lindsay, but if he's not going to start kicking goals, then he's going to have to have a holiday. Fair enough. Quiv, JC asks, where is Sean Atley at? Don't give him, don't give <laughs> me his home address. That's, <laughs> <laughs> so is he trade bait? Is he midfield development? Is he a back flanker? What's happening there? Um, well, he should be at Werribee. That's where he should be. Um, is that where his house is? <laughs> but, um, no, he's, I was against it up until I saw it this year, I guess, and he should be a midfielder. Um, he's, not a backman. He gets too much time to think, which isn't a good thing for him. He, I'd much rather him turning the ball over in our forward 50 rather than in the dead centre of the ground for them to just rebound. Uh, and yeah, quite honestly, he needs a spell on the twos. Um, uh, it's been tough reading that thread this week, that's for sure. I didn't uh, think he was that bad on the weekend. I thought he was all right on Friday. He, he, he just overused the ball. He, in terms of he didn't take them on as much, in terms yeah. of he kept handballing to people stationary. When he, If he took yeah. it on, we would have got more scoring opportunities. And, yeah, it's not just this week. He's, he's Other than, you know, he he burst out of the gates in round one, kicked that, I think it was the first goal, the second game of the match. Yeah. Um, and that's when he was playing in the midfielder. And then you know, we're only four weeks in, but every week or every quarter, you know, he's moving further and further back down the ground, uh, whether that's him doing that, or if a coach is putting him back, probably a bit back of both. I'm not sure. Mm. But um, he he needs to play off instinct. He he shouldn't be allowed time to think. We need to chuck him in the guts so he doesn't have time to think. And I'd much rather him running through the centre forward um, into an open goal, or rather than running out of the back line into has, a has he played up centre once at the centre clearance? I don't think so. No, I don't and think so. it's it's tough on him. I mean, our forwards don't lead, or when they do, they just lead all to the same place. Um, you know, we don't really have many options to kick to. But then he goes ahead and makes silly decisions like that one that's been highlighted all week uh, with those two backwards handballs. Um, the first one, I think, yeah, sure, he didn't really have anyone to kick to. But then he got it back and he handballed it backwards again to whoever it was standing still and, and missed the target. You know, it's... Just silly little decisions like that. Um, he, he he probably needs a spell under two. He's just to, he's obviously down on confidence. He's going to be a confidence player. Um, and when he did go back into the twos, what was it last year or the year before? He came back and he didn't dominate, but he did play well. 
Yeah, I, I think he needs the kick. Mm. I wouldn't so, be surprised yeah. if he had a good game this week at over WA. It's a big ground. It. I think it'll suit him, and we're going to need him to have a big one, like you say, because they've got the uh, the Hill brothers who are pretty quick, and we're going to need you know all the LA guys that are quick are going to have to be on this. Yeah, yeah definitely defensively. Yep, no worries. Gene eighty. Can the two Ruckman system work for us, or is it hurting us late in games? I think it's a match by match call. Um, this week, I think it was the the right move to go with one and get that extra run, like the guys was just saying. Because um, remember that Goldie, when he was in his full form in 2015, he was he could cover the ground brilliantly. I mean, he wasn't necessarily fast, but he definitely had the endurance. Yeah. Um, whereas Bruce is a different kind of ruckman. He's the crash and bash, you know, he's going to give you a good spurt, but he's not the guy that you can do a whole game with. And this probably ties into what I think Jay-Z might be getting as a sub-question. Do we trade Goldie? For mine, we don't. Um, largely because... Goldie at his best, and he showed glimpses of that on Friday, I thought, um, is worth another midfielder to us. I don't think Pruce can deliver that in the same way. I think if you matched Pruce's physicality with Goldie's athleticism, mm. you would have the ultimate ruckman. It was... Um, and that's something that I wish that Goldie could do a little bit more, is just become more physical physical and harder and that sort of thing because it's um it's in my opinion premature to start to say that Bruce is a number one rock. That said, I mean he's had a very good start this season and obviously he's been rested this week. But um I think in certain games, particularly at the dome, I think two ruckmen can work. But places like say Skilled Stadium, Subiaco MCG to a different degree, I I can't see that really working long term. Yeah, fair enough. So leading into another question for Quiv, will Goldie stay or go in the season? Um, I'm I'm all for trading him. Um, I I love him. I think he's still a good footballer, but he's obviously getting older. I think we need to get games into kids. I've always said that. Um, be that Magic being the number one ruckman, be Pruce who has shown that he's got the ability to at least play the game. Maybe he can stand up, become the number one ruckman. I don't know, but I would, I would, if we can keep him, we can keep him. Um, but I wouldn't be disappointed if he wasn't there. Fair enough. Right, next question, Philly. What is the real reason Andrew Swallow is still playing in the ones? The real reason he's playing this way is he played a really good game last week. I thought Spitter played, played really well. I think, he, 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 from my eyes, I feel he made two mistakes, and I reckon he set up four goals. I thought he played a ripping game, and I don't necessarily like Andrew Swallow anymore. I thought he was his first three games really bad for really different reasons. I thought his first game, he got a lot of it and butchered the shit out of it, and I reckon he set up eights for them. The second game, he'd get near it. The third game, he'd find the ball. And then... This game, I thought he, he cracked in. I know he, he does that every week, but he really cracked in hard. He got low. He dished the ball out. Him and Cunners worked really well together. I thought I, I, I wouldn't have dropped him this way. I would have dropped him the week before. But once he played that such a great game on, well, not a great game, but once he played such a good game on Good Friday, he's got to play this. Yeah, week. fair enough. 
All right, last question from Giant Roo for June 80. The possibility of Hanson or Taz playing in the forward line, yay or nay? This weekend, absolutely. Which I, um, oh, they'll both, um, I think they'll both spend time, uh, basically swinging forward as we need. Um, I think, like I was saying in the pre-show, I think if you can have a player that can be just as good in the back line as the forward line, you've got, you've got something there. You've got that flexibility to go for different combinations, different plans, all that sort of stuff. And I think this, this weekend definitely you will see Hanson and Chris Tarrant, uh, Chris, um, Robbie Tarrant, um, being, yeah, having a spell in the forward line, particularly if we need to change things up. I mean, obviously if we come out the blocks and get to a, a eight goal lead and build on that, well, they're going to stay where they are. But I think, um, it's a definite possibility that both of those two can definitely play forward. Yep. Okay. No worries. Thanks for that. Now, the review. So moving on to the dog's loss, which was very disappointing in a lot of respects. Some senior players let us down. We pushed the ball a bit, going inside 50. And once again, we couldn't hold the damn lead. There were some positives with Garner, despite him butchering it on a number of occasions. His marking and leap were very good. Simkin was very good, Turner was good, Hanson, Williams, Goldie, Brown, all very solid to good games. Cunnington, to show why he's one of the best inside mids in the comp. What did you take out of it, Philly? I thought it was a really good game. I, I, I had fun. I, I thought, like you said about Cunners, he, uh, he was that far ahead, best on ground. It's not funny. I was really surprised that people were putting Dalhouse's game ahead of Cunners. I thought Cunners was the dominant footballer on the field all night, or all day, whatever it was. Um, it was uh, hugely disappointing to lose, and hugely disappointing to lose in a very similar way to the way we lost the Geelong game. I think being that far in front, it, it was almost identical, and it's it's bloody heartbreaking. But I think we've got to stick thick. I mean, I think there's lots of positives out of that game as well. We're we're playing really good football against some really good competition, and we're stacking up against it. Like a couple of wins now, if we if we can win the next two weeks and be two and four going into the uh, really going to be hard to win Adelaide games, and I think we're pretty happy with that. Uh, finishing towards the bottom of the ladder this year won't be a total disaster if we keep playing like the way we did on Friday. Basically, Quiv, what, what's going wrong for North this year in terms of getting up these big leads? Um, I don't think anything is going wrong, um, I guess. We're playing kids uh, a lot more than we, we used to. Um, We've lost a hell of a lot of experience since last season. Um, you know, not just the four that got delisted, but Daniel Wells as well. Uh, it's just, it's, I think, I think it should be expected all year that we're going to have these fade outs throughout the game. Um, it's going to come with the experience. We'll be better off for it. Uh, we're just going to, we've got to persist through it. Don't throw all the toys out of the cot. Um, people say I'm pessimistic this year, but you've always been I'm, pessimistic. I'm optimistic for the future, <laughs> you know. Um, and personally, I'd I'd rather we lose games and you know get a better draft pick. There's no point in trying to win games finishing you know tenth, getting a mid-range draft pick because um, we're going to need these lower draft picks to help us rebuild that little bit quicker. Mm, interesting. Anything further to add, guys, before we move on to the preview? Oh, the only thing I would say, I mean. 
when the game finished, I started kicking the couch and probably didn't finish till about Monday morning. But um, in the clear light of day, I, um, I I looked at it and I tend to agree with what people are saying. Like 90% of the game will, we would have accepted. Um, I suppose the fade outs is the only thing that is a bit frustrating, that it has happened and it's continued to happen for a little while now. Um, Brad mentioned in his press conference today, if we can fix that, we'd be very happy. And, um, and that is true, but he's said that a lot over the last few seasons and it doesn't seem to be fixed. Um, yes, I understand that we, we have lost experience, but there was still a lot of players that knew how to play football. Um, is that a tactical thing? I'm not sure. Is it a, is it a, the way the team's structured? Is it because we do have a lot of inside in the midfield and at some point, you know, a slowish midfield type, um, pace is going to catch up? I, it possibly. Um, but I would like, I would have felt a lot more comfortable losing the game if we were just that margin behind them throughout the whole game as opposed to getting to a point where we could and probably should have won and giving the game up again, uh, only because it's happened so many times. No worries. Thanks, sir. Moving straight on to the preview, so ins and outs for North, Vickers Willis, and good to see Mason Wood back, and Hovrat and Pruce are out, with Pruce being rested, and for Fremantle, Tucker comes in for Balich. In terms of matchups, guys, Quiv, how do you see him? Um, I don't really know much about this fair team. There's a lot of names I've never seen before, so I've struggled a bit. But um, with Wood coming in, as I mentioned in pre-show, I'm expecting Hamling to go to him, and I, I think a lot of the fair supporters would be expecting the same thing. Um, my biggest one I was trying to figure out is who goes to McCarthy. I don't know much about because Willis, but just looking purely at size, um, I thought he would have been a good match-up, but I've been told otherwise. Um <laughs> But I think it'll be an interesting game for him. Cam McCarthy's obviously had a really, really good game uh, last week, but I still think he's he's not he's no star yet. He's he's a very good player, but he's not going to be consistent. And I think it would be a really good game for Vickers Willis to come in and play on a younger kid as well. Yep. Um, if that doesn't happen, I guess Taz goes to the best forward, and at the moment, so that's Vickers Willis. Um, I'd like to see Zebel and Fife just go head to head with one another, two bulls. Um, the other person we've got to try and stop again is, uh, Lockie Neal. Um, Good I, luck I think, with that. I <laughs> think I, I wouldn't mind seeing Sam Gibson run alongside him. Uh, I think he's, he's got the Not paint. instead of Wanda Hills. It's a great call. Yeah, um, so I think, uh, if we give Gibson the job to negate Neal, um, I think that could, I'm optimistic about this game, by the way, guys. So I think that'll be a, um, yeah, no, a long way to help swing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as for the defenders, I'd imagine Michael Johnson uh, follows Ben Brown around. Uh, very to Thomas. Yeah, and well, I was tossing up between Thomas and Simpkin. I don't know who this Ethan Hughes guy is, so I'm not really sure about him or uh, kind of Blakely. But, um, Probably find it. Blakely will go to Simpkin, um, and you'd probably have Garrick Ibbotson just roving around the 50, just trying to chop everything off. Eastern Wood type role. Yeah. Um, but I think the 
a big part of this game is going to be their pace. As mentioned earlier, they've got the Hill brothers. Neil's not slow. Fife's not slow. And we've got a reasonably sluggish midfield. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how we can go to try and curtail them. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how our back six, back six sets up across the back line uh, to stop the, the easy inside 50s that I've got no doubt their midfield is going to be running in uh, reasonably freely popping it in um, on the likes of McCarthy's head. So we've just got to try and negate that. And um, that'll go a long way to win. I'm trying to figure out who their other Ruckman or their backup Ruckman is as well. I don't know who's going to be backing up for Sandlands. A bit of me is worrying about... I thought this would have been a good game, personally, to play the two Ruckman and get into Sandlands a bit. Johnson Uh, might spend time there because they've got young Glogue as well in defence. Mm-hmm. So Johnson can rotate him. Johnson's not so much a lockdown defender. He's more of a grover yeah. interceptor type. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, but I'm looking forward to this game. I think it's uh, Frio, you know, the beat had a tough win last week in Melbourne, so they're going to be hurting from that. Uh, obviously beat the Premiers, the reigning Premiers, the week before. But um, I think we're around the same mark. We're, both teams are building up again. Um, Prio probably a little more experience, obviously have a bit of a home ground advantage here, uh, but no WA umpires, which is nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm looking, bastards, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, it should be interesting. I think we've gone, just looking at the matchups in defence for us, we've gone pretty tall in terms of, we've got Tarrant, Vickers, Willis, Thompson, Hanson, all 190 plus, and they've got two guys that are about 191, 192, two of them, that's it. We've gone a bit mm. too tall, maybe. I think we've got well, that issue every week. We're we're a pretty tall team, be it down forward or down back. Like I know Vickers Wills can play the medium forward role, well, that's fine, but Hanson's one ninety six, Terrence what one ninety six, one ninety seven, Thompson's one ninety three. We've got one too many. Well that's why that's why I said before that I think um Hanson and and potentially Tarrant may spend a bit of time in the forward line. You um, think so. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, I mean, looking at the name size, I mean, very rarely do they run out that way. But um, McMillan will probably go back to the flank, um, and then you'll obviously be pushing um, people around. Ultimately, I think it probably means that Luke McDonald ends up on Pushed the wing. Up. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a very, very good move because I think. I mean, I've only watched the last two games on TV, so I haven't seen how they line up, but it looks as, looks to me as though he's playing further up the field than he has been, which I think is suiting his game a lot more. He seems to be, I think, in probably coming up to the best form of his career, probably to the level that he was before the um, injury against Hawthorne, yeah. um, which is really encouraging because um, I, everyone holds out so much hope for, for the guy, I think, and it'd be so good. Um, but ultimately, I do think, yes, you're right. Um, as named, I think our backline is too big, particularly considering you've got Gray, Walters, Weller and Langdon, all pretty, well, they're shorter guys. Um, they would probably, if they stay in the forward line, they'll be what you would call a small to mid forward, and they're all very mobile. Um, but I think um, that also gives us a bit of a 
you know, a bit of a um, advantage, obviously, if the game does get tight and becomes that bombing up and down the wing. It's you've got us. those, yeah, that that um, you've got those players that can just you know spoil, 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 and that's if we can make it a contested game, we're we half the way of achieving that. So it's a yeah, I I. I can see where they're coming from with this structure. Just hope to God it works. Yeah, I've definitely that structure of pressuring up the field. I know we don't do it much, so. <laughs> but we, you can see the structure in terms of pressuring further up the field, making them bomb it into the forward line, and rebounding through there. That's how we yeah, typically yeah. structure up, especially playing that seven-man defence. I don't know why we still do it, but anyway. <laughs> we don't typically play one-on-one, but obviously we don't have the leg speed yeah. really to do it. I would say that's the reason. It should be an interesting match. In terms of how do you, how the match is going to play out, do you actually see it as a contested slog, Philly? Uh, maybe a, a little bit on the inside it'll begin that way, but I think they've got enough runners that are that are going to get the ball outside and it's a big, big ground too. So And they, they seem to have changed the way they play a little bit. They're a little attacking now. So, I mean, hopefully it's a little bit free-flowing and it's a bit fun to watch, but I think it's important that, we get the ball quick to uh, to Big Ben Brown to bring it down for our small forwards who, like we said earlier, need to probably pick up their game a little bit. And like Quiz said, I think I think we're right in it up to our teeth. I think we can. It's uh, it's just going to be important that, that that like you say, the contested stuff on the inside we compete really well. I think the way Cunnington played last week, if he can put another game together like that, I'd fair enough. Anything to add on the how the game's in the pan out, guys? Not so much the game, but I'm very happy that this will be the last time I set foot in Subiac or Oval. Was just about to it's ask you, so you, I was just about to ask you, you are going on. I absolutely, yes, yes I will be. Um, but it's just, uh, oh my God, it is a real hellhole of an Oval. It's just... Why is that? Um, well, I'll give you a, this is not the example that I'll be dealing with on the weekend, but the premium seats on the wing on one of the wings is still wooden seats. Um, up one end of the goals, there are row of seats against the concourse that if you want to go out and go to the toilet, you have to literally climb over people. I don't mean in the figurative sense. I mean literally. <laughs> it is just uh, it is just a bad ground to watch footy at. It is terrible. And I, for one, am happy to not go there again after this weekend. Fair enough. I liked it when I went. <laughs> what, what was that, Cliff? I don't know. I, 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 admittedly, it was only a NAB Cup game, so it probably wasn't as full as a home game, but I had no trouble getting there. The seats I had were nice. Um, got beers pretty quickly. Oh, that's uh, why. Okay. It was all pretty good for my half. Fair what enough. What mid-strength at $9.50 oh, yeah. I'd say beers with <laughs> um, bullet bourbon or whatever it is they sell over there. <laughs> I think that's mid-strength. <laughs> Yeah, but I got them quickly. Oh. That's all that matters. <laughs> oh, right, moving on. Sam Kerridge to finish up. Come to me in a minute. I'm going to quickly have a quick. Right, I'll run through some of the options. Lee Spur. Okay. Uh, Lee Spur's all right, isn't he? You reckon? All right, fair enough. He's a bit dour. I suppose that's not fair enough. Ibbotson. Yeah, Ibbotson could be one for me. Mm, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say Brad Hill, but he he has been carried to three premierships. <laughs> He's an Andrew Mackey of Fremantle. I've got one. <laughs> I've got one. I mentioned in pre-show. I think Kirsten is yeah, one of the biggest say. spuds in football. I think he's really, really bad. In saying that, he's tall and he sort of liked it probably. So he I'm going to pick Shane Kirsten sure. as, as as a shoe in for it. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. You're 100 right. This is the kind of player that tears us apart. Yeah. This is if 
you weren't picking Sam Kerridge for the ultimate carriage, it's Shane Kirsten. Yeah. I mean, I probably would have picked Cam McCarthy pre-last week's game, but I, I would, like I said earlier, I watched that whole game and he was awesome. So I think he's ineligible because he played so well last week. Yeah. And they've got plenty of youth as well. So they have some good players. It's really hard to pick options for them, which is probably yeah. a good mm. thing for them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So... I mean, my, the Bradleys uh, be... are out of there, so... Yeah, well, on the bench, they've got a few, though. They've got Tabernar, Sutcliffe, and Griffin. That would have been three perfect carriages. <laughs> late change just for carriage. All right, that's mine then. Griffin in for the late change as the carriage. <laughs> yeah, they've got, yeah. they got a few when you look at it, don't they? They've got a few, but they don't have as many as some sides do. Not Geelong was the one I was surprised how many we had. There was probably about ten. Is Michael yeah. Walters still eligible? He's no, good. he's not eligible. He's, no, he's quiet. He's quite good. Although, even Michael Walters, he used to hang out at the shopping centre not far from me on a Thursday night, get up to no good, and I can't believe that that same guy is the guy that's playing so well in AFL football. It's and the, the other yeah. skill that Michael Walters has, he is the second best player in the league for celebrating a <laughs> down the field free kick that he did nothing to deserve the goal from from straight. So Jesse Stringer is the number one, is he? No, no, no. Was Josh, that a, Josh, Josh, referencing... Josh Caddy is number one. Oh. Josh, Caddy. Uh. Josh Caddy. Are you referencing the dab that he did when they were down yeah. by about thirty or forty points? I'm not. I'm referencing one against us, maybe last year or the year before. It was a downfield free kick, and he. It, <laughs> it was. It was just. It was. A, and I can't remember whether we were betting then comfortably or they were betting. But no one gave a shit anyway. And there was, I think, 17 Fremantle Dockers supporters in the stadium. And he kicked the goal, and you could hear him <laughs> scream with hear him scream with delight like he just... Actually, I know, yeah, there. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. He, he's, he's just a bit of a flog. But he's a good footballer, so he's, <laughs> he's ineligible. Fair enough. Right, okay, guys, we'll finish up there because we're probably over time, and Gasso's going to ring me up about all that. So I'd like to thank <laughs> Quiv, Gene, 80, Billy... With thanks, guys. No, thank you, mate. Well hosted. No worries. Right, and thanks for listening, listeners. I, I know you had to put up with me and Philly and introduction of new sections, but I hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week, hopefully, with a guest. Maybe I've been trying to get them. They've just been pains the last two years, but I will get one. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>